Hi there and welcome to Killer in the Family podcast. I'm your host, Claire Luxton. So before we delve into today's story, um, I wanted to apologise for there not being an episode last week. As um, most of you know, this podcast is a massive labour of love for me. I'm so passionate about telling family stories and centering victims over the perpetrator. But sometimes that feels just really hard personally. A couple of years ago, um, I lost my dad very suddenly. And last week, I was just really overcome with grief, to be honest. And it felt really hard to deal with my grief and also give proper attention to the story that I wanted to tell on this podcast. So I decided to give myself a break. I really hope that's okay and wanted to apologise again. Here we are though. And next up, here's my shout out for today. It's from Pandragon90 and it's a lovely review saying, quote, absolutely brilliant podcast. It's lovely how Claire expresses emotion for these situations. She's a true advocate. I'm a lifetime subscriber now. End quote. Thank you so much for that amazing review, for being such a brilliant listener, and here's your shout out for today. So I'll be giving shout outs to any five-star reviews from listeners, so please do keep reviewing, subscribing, sharing and downloading, and keep in touch via Instagram at Killer and the Family Pod. And do send episode requests to me as well. I got my first one a couple of weeks ago. But also next week, you can listen out for details of a special Christmas giveaway as well. Today's story is going to be a tough listen. I know I say this at the start of each episode, but it really is. It's the story of an anomic family annihilator, which only actually happened earlier on this year. There's information in the notes on support and helplines available if you need to talk about any of the issues raised in this episode. Late night on 4th of February this year, Emma Patterson and her seven-year-old daughter Letty were shot and killed by the person who should have loved and protected them the most, husband and father George Patterson. He then took his own life. The media reaction to this story was one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast and shine a light on the reality of familiar side. This is the story of Emma and Letty Patterson. of Emma and Letty Patterson created shockwaves in the British media when it happened earlier on this year. When it was discovered that husband and father George Patterson was responsible, the tone of the media changed somewhat. Usual tropes of an isolated incident, the husband and father snapped, he was such a nice guy, were trotted out across the media headlines. It was this story, along with some others, really inspired me to start this podcast as the voices and lives of Emma and Letty seemed completely lost. For this episode, I've relied a lot on online news articles because it happened so recently. And I've really tried to double check facts by looking at lots lots of different sources and as many official documents as I can. All the sources I use for the the episode are listed in the notes too. 
So Emma Kirk was born in Navenby, which is in Lincolnshire, near me, in the late 1970s. She was described as having a warm and welcoming smile and sparkling blue eyes, full of optimism. She attended Castephen and Sleaford High School in Sleaford, which is in Lincolnshire, between 1988 and 1994. When she left school, she went on to attend the University of Leeds, also like me, and her old high school um, tweeted a condolence for Emma, which said, quote, Our condolences go to the family, friends, colleagues and students of Emma Patterson, Naykirk, head of Epsom College and ex-student of 1988 and 1994. Emma is remembered by classmates as a friendly, smiley student who had a talent for singing, end quote. And such was Emma's talent for singing that she won singing competitions when she was a teenager. According to Lincolnshire Live, Emma won £20 in a singing competition in Skegness uh, for competing in the East Lindsay District Council's weekly star search competition at uh, the Pavilion in Skegness when she was 16 years old. She, quote, delighted the judges with her piano playing and singing, end quote. She also performed other competitions with her sister, Debbie, as well. Now, Emma graduated from the University of Leeds with a BA in French and English Literature and also did something called a PGCE. So in um, England, that's a postgraduate teaching course um, and enables someone to go on to be a qualified teacher. And she did this at the University of Warwick. And after the university, Emma had a few jobs before she went into teaching. Now, before she became the first female head of Epsom College, she worked as head of Croydon High in London, a deputy head at St John's School in Leatherhead, which is also in the southeast, and head of modern languages at Guildford High School, which is also in the southeast. She was a dedicated and passionate teacher by all accounts. Now, George Patterson was born in Kent in March 1983 and was six years younger than Emma. Couldn't find loads about Patterson's childhood, but do know that he attended Barton Court Grammar School in Kent between 1994 and 2001. After leaving Barton Court, George studied at Durham University in the northeast of England before training with a company called Deloitte, which is um, a sort of management consultancy accountant company. And he was admitted, admitted as a chartered accountant in 2008. Now, I also couldn't find how George and Emma actually met. They married in 2011, welcomed a little girl in 2015. Francesca, um, her nickname was Letty, was apparently Emma's pride and joy. She was described as, quote, an adorable, vibrant little girl with compelling curiosity, a heart-melting smile and an intellect beyond her years, end quote. What was clear to me, having read so much about Emma and Letty, is that they really shared an unbreakable loving bond between mother and daughter. They were described as being inseparable and they just loved spending time together. Hopefully you'll see that in in some of the pictures that I share on social as well. And it really just breaks my heart to think of what was happened to happen to them. So as I've talked about, Emma was really passionate about teaching. 
And according to a pupil-led podcast at Epsom College she spoke to before Christmas 2020, she actually got into teaching after flicking through the Times Educational Supplement, or the TES, to those in the know, in a coffee shop. At that point, she was on a graduate programme at Thomas Cook and absolutely hated it and has never looked back since she joined teaching. In September 2022, this is when she started the role as the first female head of Epsom College in Surrey. A real highlight of her career, I am sure. But sadly, she would only be there for five months. Now, Epsom College is a public school. And for any American listeners, this means that it's a fee-paying private school. I'm not sure why we call them public schools um, in England, but, but there you are. And according to the school's website, it was established in 1851 by Dr. John Proppert to help widowed medical families. So it was originally called the Medical Benevolent College and changed its name in 1910 to Epsom College. Now, according to news reports at the time, it cost £42,000 per year to send your child to the college. And Epsom College was actually named Independent School of the Year in 2020 and Independent School of the Year for Student Wellbeing. And it received those awards when Emma was its head. And on the school website, she is quoted as saying, quote, what an incredible honour to be named Independent School of the Year. This award acknowledges what a fantastic school Epsom College is. The founding principles of the founding principles of the school, benevolence and excellence, are two things we live by every day. We put focus on time, space and heart and spirit to give all the young people in our care everything they need to become the best version of themselves. In the classroom, on the sports field and in any field of interest that lights that spark within them. There is so much amazing work to be celebrated in the industry at the moment. So this is a real privilege to be named the best of the best. I'm incredibly proud to be head and we will display this award with real pride. End quote. And Emma actually introduced values for the school that started with kindness and included ambition and, and integrity. And that's, you know, not something you always find in uh, private schools, that sort of emphasis on kindness and well-being. And I thought that's a really powerful statement of who she was as a teacher. Um, and before joining Epsom College, as I said, Emma was head of Croydon High School for six years. When she died, they um, put out a message that said, quote, the whole of Croydon High community are immensely shocked and saddened by the news about our former head, Emma Patterson, her daughter, Letty, who's a pupil at our junior school, and her husband, George. Emma was a hugely respected and much-loved much head of Croydon High. She was a warm, energetic, compassionate leader, dedicated teacher, and generous, insightful colleague and friend. Deepest condolences are with her family and close friends and all at Epsom College. End quote. And Sir Anthony Selden, who succeeded Emma as head of Epsom College, said, quote, I'm committed to ensuring that Emma's legacy is honoured and that Epsom College moves forward in the manner she intended. This is what Emma would have wanted for all the pupils and staff she worked with, supported, and for whom she had such high hopes. Emma was driven, ambitious and courageous. There is no better way to respect her memory than for Epsom College to forge ahead and embody the values that guided her life. End quote. And I think those quotes just really show 
how much people valued her as a teacher, as a colleague, as a leader and a friend. And, you know, obviously how great she was at her job. She she moved up through being a head of year to deputy head to head. And then the first female head of Epsom College, I think, you know, you can't underestimate the, the bravery, the courage, um, just how brilliant she must have been at her job. And as we know, during the time that Emma was building her teaching career and family, Patterson was an accountant. It seems that he didn't have a lot of luck with his career or businesses. Um, In 2016, it seems that he set up his own management consultancy firm called Tanglewood, which was named after their house um, in Caterham, apparently. And and this was after a wine-importing business he'd set up earlier that year had had also folded. And when Emma started at Epsom College, Patterson was apparently still living at their old house instead of the house that came with the job in the grounds of Epsom College. He only moved into their house with Emma and Letty and their new puppy Bella before Christmas 2022. Late night on Saturday, the 4th of February, 2023, Emma's sister, Debbie, received a distressed call from Emma. She was so concerned that she got in her car straight away and drove to Emma's house in Epsom. Debbie was too late, though. Getting there in the very early hours of Sunday, the 5th of February, Debbie discovered the dead bodies of Emma Patterson, who was 45 years old, Letty, who was seven years old, and George Patterson, who was 39 years old. Surrey police were apparently contacted by the South East Coast Ambulance Service and officers arrived at the house about 1.10am. What they found was that it was clear that Emma and Letty had been shot and the shotgun was found near George Patterson's body. It was thought that he'd taken his own life. Now, apparently the couple hosted a dinner party just hours before Patterson shot and killed his wife and child. And with there being a distress call from Emma, it was clear that she was in fear for her life. The news caused a shockwave to the community. Dr Alistair Wells, chair of the Epsom College Board of Governors, said, quote, On behalf of everyone at Epsom College, I want to convey our utter shock and disbelief for this tragic news. Our immediate thoughts and condolences are with Emma's family, friends and loved ones, and to the many pupils and colleagues whose lives she enriched through her distinguished career. Emma was a wonderful teacher, but most of all, she was a delightful person. In time, we will commemorate Emma and her family in the appropriate way and in line with the wishes of her family. But for now, we ask that we are all given the time, space and respect we need to come to terms with this tragic loss, end quote. And a detective um, chief inspector from Surrey Police, Kimball Ed, said, quote, On behalf of Surrey Police, my team and I first want to express my sincerest condolences to the friends and family of Emma, Letty and George, as well to the students of staff of Epsom College for their tragic loss. I want to give my assurance that we will conduct a thorough investigation in what took place last night and hope to be able to bring some peace in these traumatic circumstances. I would also ask that their privacy is respected at this very difficult time, end quote. 
and the Burry um, and the Borough Commander of Epsom and Ewell, uh, Inspector John Vale, said, quote, we're aware this tragic incident will have caused concern and upset in the local community. While this is believed to be an isolated incident, in the coming days, our local officers will remain in the area to offer reassurance to students, parents, teachers and the local community. I'd like to thank the school and the community for their understanding and patience while the investigation continues. End quote. As friends and family in the community reeled from the murders of Emma and Letty, there was an inquest into their deaths in March 2023 in Surrey. We have talked about inquests quite a bit on this podcast, so I thought it'd be really helpful to reiterate what the purpose of an inquest is in England. So an inquest is a court hearing and it intends to answer four questions. Number one, who was the person who's died? Number two, when did they die? Number three, where did they die? And number four, how did their death come about? The inquest is not there to assign blame or as a, as a trial for a sus- suspect, but it is a legal process overseen by a coroner. So the inquest into Emma and Letty's death took place on the 2nd of March 2023. It found that Emma, who was 45 years old at the time of her death, died of shock, hemorrhage and shotgun wounds. It found that Letty, aged just seven years old, died of a shotgun wound to the head. The coroner, Simon Wickham, said, quote, I'd like to offer my condolences to Emma's family and friends and also the wider community she served and to the students whose lives she no doubt touched, end quote. The inquest into George Patterson's death was opened um, before Emma and Letty's and it found that he died of a shotgun wound to the head. Apparently Patterson was identified, had to be identified by his dental records. The inquest also heard that Surrey police found a shotgun at the Epsom College house, which was legally registered to George Patterson. Indeed, Patterson had actually been in touch with Surrey police just two days before the murders on the 2nd of February 2023 to confirm a change of his address for his firearm licence. Because they'd been in touch with the perpetrator not long before he murdered his whole family, Surrey police referred themselves to the Independent Office for Police Conduct, or the IOPC. Now, the IOPC decided to take no further action on this and stated, quote, We received a mandatory referral from Surrey Police on February 5th related to the deaths of Emma, Letty and George Patterson. We reviewed the recent contact Surrey Police had with Mr Patterson regarding his firearm licence and have decided that no investigation is required. Following a thorough assessment of the available evidence, we determined on February the 8th that the matter should be returned to the force to handle as it deems appropriate. End quote. It should also be noted that Epsom College has a firing range, but apparently live ammunition was never kept on school grounds. As with all the stories we talk about on this podcast, what people want to know is why. 
why does someone kill their whole family? We will never know what was in Patterson's head that night, but there are a few things to talk about here to try and understand more. One is that there were obviously changes going on for the family. With the new job at Epsom College came a new house on the school grounds. And as I mentioned earlier, Patterson didn't move into the house as soon as Emma and Letty did. In a podcast that was created by pupils of the school, Epsom Insights, just before Christmas 2020, Emma talked a bit about the changes in her family life. According to newspaper report, she said, quote, that amid new professional journey she and her husband were facing, they also added a six-month-old Labrador called Bella to the family. In terms of transition, it's been a really big change for my family. We've moved house and we've bought a dog, she told Epsom Insight hosts. I've got a new job. My husband has got a new job. That, was meant to, that wasn't meant to happen, but it did. And my daughter started a new school. So there's been a lot of change for us as a family, end quote. And during this period of change, we know that Patterson was still living at the family home in Catrum rather than the house in Epsom College. And neighbours in Catrum said that they never really saw him go to work and that they've got the impression that he had a lot of time on his hands. With a couple of failed businesses and family change on the cards, it might have been that the couple were going through a challenging time. It has also been reported that George called the police in 2016, alleging that Emma had assaulted him during an argument. It wasn't taken any further, however. Now, as I said, the couple threw a small dinner party on the Saturday night before Patterson killed his wife and daughter. According to news reports, guests at that dinner party said everything seemed fine between the couple. What I do know when we think about why this happened is that nothing is responsible for this tragedy apart from George Patterson himself. What I think is that Patterson was unhappy with his marriage, unhappy with the success of his wife and the adulation she received from her peers. He was unhappy with his life and essentially decided to take control. He took control of his life, his wife and his daughter and killed them. The distress phone call to her sister shows that Emma might have known what was coming as she was killed soon after that. And I can only imagine the terror that Emma and Letty felt that night and I just wish that this didn't happen to them. at the beginning of the episode one of the reasons I started this podcast was the media reaction to this particular story so as you heard from Teresa from Women's Aid um, talking about their work with the media on reporting domestic abuse and and homicide in episode eight um, it's so important that stories are reported you know factually and without justification for the perpetrator I wanted to pick up a few examples of this from this story so firstly The police always, always talk about familiarcides being isolated incidents. And quite frankly, it's not true. There are way too many women and children being murdered by partners and ex-partners for any of them to be truly isolated. Calling them that makes people think that they're so rare, a one-off, just someone losing their temper. And we know that they are way more than that and that some of them can be prevented. Secondly, so many media outlets have talked about this story in particular as a murder-suicide. And I take real issue with that because it implies that there was some sort of agreement and plan between all of them that it would be a murder-suicide. 
Whereas what it actually is, is a planned family annihilation by a perpetrator of his wife and children, followed by them taking their own life. There was also a horrific headline on an article about this story on the, by the Daily Mail. Not really known for their progressive ways, but this really took the biscuit. The headline read, quote, Did living in the shadow of his high-achieving wife lead to the unthinkable tragedy? End quote. I mean, I just can't. Not only has Emma and her seven-year-old daughter just been murdered in cold blood, she is also being blamed for it by having a successful career. There was nothing about how he was responsible and just more justifying of a perpetrator's actions. Now, I've got a screenshot of this headline, which I have put on socials because it just infuriates me. And they've they've taken it down now. But I want people to remember that this was a genuine media headline about a woman and a child who'd just been murdered. And this um, story was actually raised in Parliament in March 2023 during a debate in the House of Commons about International Women's Day. Now, during this debate, as she does every year, Jess Phillips MP read out all the names of the women who'd been killed by men in the last year. Emma was on that list. And during the debate, MP Dawn Butler said, quote, Emma Patterson was killed along with her young daughter by her violent husband. And this was reported with the headline, did living in the shadow of his high achieving wife lead to unthinkable tragedy? Another headline read, husband of Epsom College who killed her and their daughter before turning the gun on himself, said he was so desperate to do more with his days after his business failed. Why on earth would we accept our media reporting the murder of a woman and a young child in that way in our country? It is unacceptable in this house and we should be able to legislate against it, which is why we need a new enforceable editor's code. It is not an isolated incident when a woman is killed every three days by a man. My honourable friend from the member for Birmingham Yardley, Jess Phillips, read out those names today and that list never gets shorter. This is an epidemic, end quote. Absolutely, Dawn. That is completely right. There is so much to do on how the media and society respond to the murders of women and children and how they enable and justify the actions of the perpetrator. And that is one thing that makes me so passionate about telling victim stories here, centering them, telling you about the victims rather than the perpetrators. I don't think there's anyone better to talk about this and to end this episode on than Jess Phillips MP, who I mentioned earlier and who I worked with alongside um, Women's Aid when she was a parliamentary candidate and then an MP. In an article in The Independent, she said, quote, When we use qualifying language that perpetrators might also use in their defence, we amplify those justifications. Yet there is no justification for killing your wife and child, just as there is no justification for inciting violence against any group of people. Stop with the victim blaming. The only person responsible for the terrible Epsom College murders is the one who picked up the gun. End quote. This episode is dedicated to Emma and Letty Patterson, lights of people's lives, who brought joy to family, friends, and their community. This has been Killer in the Family podcast, written and produced by me, Claire Laxton, with music from the brilliant Tom Box and Pixabay. I'll be back next week with another episode, so please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
And don't forget that next week I will be starting a special Christmas giveaway. Uh, so please follow me on Instagram and threads at Killer and the Family Pod and Twitter or X at Killer underscore pod. Do get in touch and let me know if you have any stories you want me to cover. Until then, I've been Claire Laxton. This is Killer in the Family podcast. Until next time, take care.